Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Unapologetic Series Therapy Talks, where six therapists inspire unapologetic conversations. I'm Key. What's up? What's up, y'all? This is Sarah. Greetings, everyone. It's Kendall. What's up, everyone? This is Kyra. Hey, hey, it's Shy. Hey, guys, it's Kelly. And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at U.S. Therapy Talks and be sure to tune in every Wednesday at midnight for new sessions. This is session number two. Um, so we are just going to be kind of diving into it and just talking about our own experiences as well as um, what we talk about in therapy and things that general society has to deal with when it comes to body image. So my question to you guys is, when was your first experience of feeling um, or getting to know about your body or feeling the, I guess, negatives that come with um, body image in our society? Um, I'll speak on that. So I guess my very first one, um, I'm like five, ten and a half. And so I'm, that means I'm very tall. Do you play basketball? Okay. <laughs> Jeez. So um, disclaimer, if you're a tall person, I'm sure you can relate to the fact that you hate being asked if you play basketball or any tall related sport. It's annoying. Don't ask. Anyway, so um, I, of course, got my growth spurt. So that made me even more tall. Um, I have tall parents and I viewed myself as very negative because I didn't feel like I fit, fit. I was fitting in with other people in school because if you took pictures together, I was always larger than them. And so I would find myself like kind of crouching down to their level, which was even more stupid looking back at pictures because it's like you obviously are a lot taller. Why are you like crouching down to their level to take photos? So my mom was like, Kendall, why are you doing that? You know, you're beautiful. You're tall. You need to own, you know, how long you are and like how beautiful you are. And so I had to just start embracing it because I can't change how tall I am. And so, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I take pride in it now, but it was a challenge for me in the beginning. So when did you kind of get more comfortable? How old were you when you got more comfortable with your height? I'm not going to lie. I feel like when I got to college, that's when I felt like more men were off the whole, like, oh, I need like a girl that's shorter than me. I felt like that was the whole like climb trees era when I got to college. So I saw, <laughs> you know, like guys were trees. like approaching me because I was tall, which was not happening when I was in high school and middle school. So, and I, I hate to admit that that's when I became more confident in myself because somebody else saw the attraction before I did. But I'm not going to lie. That's when it first started happening. And, you know, then I just, I guess, owned what I had more often than I did before. So waiting until college is a long wait to feel accepted. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, For me, it was young because I'm a dark skinned woman. So uh, <clears throat> um, being dark skinned is still like a thing. So I feel like um, it started with like dark skin jokes as a child and dark skin jokes are still a thing as we all know. But um, yeah, pretty simple. Self-explanatory. Um, and for me, I have been an athlete pretty much my whole life. I remember being called anorexic in sixth grade. Ooh. I don't know why I remember that. I was, I mean, I was on the skinnier side, but I don't know why that's something that sticks out to me. It was obviously said in a negative light. Um, but then I didn't really like Kendall. I didn't really like see changes in my body and 
for me, it was like, I wasn't really unhappy with my body until college because that's when things started changing. And that's when I started like gaining weight because I never really had to worry about my body since I was always an athlete. So it wasn't really something on my mind. So for me, it's like something that I've, I'm dealing with now and something that's fairly new for me. So it's something that I'm still navigating even now. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I don't, I think it's a lifelong thing, body image, especially with societal expectations and things like that. I think it's something that I'll always have to kind of deal with in different aspects. I have a question. Either one of y'all got any gum? No, girl, no. I do, I think. Don't fall, but I'm like, I'll take one too. Um, But to kind of share my own experience, I do feel like um, for me, body image stuff started coming up when I was in middle school. I actually moved to Georgia from Texas um, my sixth grade year. So in Texas, sixth grade is still elementary. So when I moved here, I was going into middle school. Yeah. And so there was like no preparation for going into middle school. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I was going to a brand new school in a brand new state. Um, And for me, that's when I really started to have body image issues because not only was I a year younger than everyone because I started school a year earlier. um, So my body was developing later. Um, there was a lot of emphasis in middle school on looking a certain way and like wanting to look older, you know, like when that is puberty age. So people are starting to get breasts. Um, they're starting to fill out a little bit more. And I felt like I was, I was delayed in that area. And there was a lot of like shame. I felt like I had because I don't know, middle school can be rough and like, can be, it is right. And I don't know. I feel like Obviously, it's different if you, depending on what type of school you go to. My school was predominantly Black. So it was very much emphasized on being more filled out. Like, you know, having, having you know, bigger thighs or bigger butt or hips or whatever it may be. And I was still in that developing stage where I wasn't, I didn't have those things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I felt pressure to have to fit in. Not only am I coming from a different state, not knowing anyone, but I'm also coming into my own body. So like for me, like, I, I think I stuffed my bra off like for like oh, seventh and eighth grade, yeah. you know? I did that. So, mm-hmm. and it was based on insecurity and wanting to be like other people and have what other people had. Now so. I wish I could throw them in the trash. <laughs> right. Cause you don't have to do that now. At no. All. <laughs> I still don't really have, still have much. It's okay. You make them other areas, sis. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> what was that voice? That's new. That's new. Um, and then the the athlete stuff too. Yeah. I do relate mm-hmm. to that. I mean, I was an athlete my whole mm-hmm. life, also. Um, but it was on the opposite end. I felt like playing sports, I should have been thinner. Um, and I always had that insecurity. Like for me, like actually I weighed a lot more when I was, when I was in middle school and in high school, I didn't actually lose weight in, until I was in college. Um, and so for me, the insecurity came from, okay, I'm playing sports with all of these other people who are thinner, or I guess in my eyes at the time, more fit or more lean or whatever, or whatever. And I, I wasn't that. So I had a lot of insecurities about my body in that way growing up. What about you, Shai? 
Um, I don't ever really remember having any insecurities as like body insecurities because most of my stuff was done for wearing glasses. I think that made up for like the body thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like I'm more so like want to get my boobs done. Um, but other than that, like I can't think about like people necessarily making me or me feeling bad as a kid to other people with like more developed than me. Um, again, because it got overshadowed by people picking on me by wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, I can definitely like, mm, I don't like the way um, things fit. So I can fix that now, but not, not as a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do feel like as kids, we don't really have as much control over things as we do now. Like you can make certain decisions for yourself whether it be like eating or like, I don't know, yeah. exercise or whatever it may be, you have a lot more control over those things when you're an adult, when you're a chi- like when you're a kid. You, yeah. So, Shy, I'm going to challenge you because that's my therapeutic theory and that's what it's about. Um, not trying to put you in the hot seat. So you spoke about plastic surgery, which um, is now super common, botched and what's the other show? Um, the Doctor Miami or something? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I just like a, I don't know if it's a show. Yeah, but um, obviously, you know, plastic surgery is very, very relevant. It's very accessible if you have the money, butt injections, all that stuff. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the battle of people say that if you get plastic surgery if you want it then you're not really participating in self-love and that you don't love your body the way god designed it to be if you're you know religious or you don't have you know that self-love so how can you i guess just speak on that if you do want to have plastic surgery one day um i guess i'll just start by saying that i don't think you want to change something means that you hate your body or it's like some kind of self-hatred um for me it's just like i want this to look different and this is what i want to do and i got the money to do it so i'm going to do it um it's not even like society really telling me anything it's just when i put on this type of shirt i want to look like this and it don't look like that so i want to change it i'm not going to go get my nose done and my ass done and my hips done i'm not doing all that i joke about that but i'm really not um but i do think sometimes People say that because people are doing that and they continuously like go get surgery after surgery. I think at some point it is a, a form of hatred. But I I think on the flip side of that, some people just want to change their body to make themselves feel better and that's okay. So essentially I do feel like yeah, that's I definitely a hundred percent agree that people are also entitled to being able to feel the way they feel about their body. Um, we can't really tell somebody you can't feel this way. Mm -hmm. Um, so if someone does feel some type of way about how they look or wanting to change something, no one really has the right to be like, you, you have to feel another way. Um, but I do feel like as therapists, we may see someone who is having challenges with seeing themselves in a certain way or or viewing themselves negatively or wanting to change a lot of things about themselves or even even seeing things that maybe other people don't see. And there is a, a, a actual disorder um, for it. Mm-hmm. And 
I think we were actually talking about it earlier, Kendall, um, and she has the she has the DSM five mm-hmm. um, with the actual yeah. yes, the official definition of what it is, and you can even say what the name is. First of all, what is a DSM? Um, Well, I'm so glad you asked, my friends. So glad you asked. The public wants to know. The audience glad you asked. This is our therapeutic Bible, our therapeutic encyclopedia, dictionary. (laughs) Well, they can't hear you anyway. I'm I'm being funny when I say that. Oh, she said they might nail me to the cross. That I was just. That's okay. Y'all can. Um, but no, this is a book that we use has all of the types of disorders in here from anxiety, depression, um, bipolar disorder, like literally everything. Um, and it kind of breaks down the different symptoms and what they are and how, you know, if you have it. So if you ever, you know, feel like you're battling with something, but don't want to go to a psychiatrist necessarily, or try to get diagnosed, you can always, um, Google the DSM and try to look at the symptoms as a first step, just FYI. But anyway, going back to what we were talking about. So um, it's something called body dysmorphic disorder. And basically it says preoccupation with one or more perceived defects or flaws in physical appearance that are not observable or appear slight to others. At some point during the course of the disorder, the individual has performed repetitive behaviors such as mirror checking, excessive grooming, skin picking, reassurance seeking, or mental acts, um, such as comparing his or her appearance with that of others in response to the appearance concerns. And we wanted to bring it up just because when we talk about um, body image and things like that, a lot of people think about anorexia and um, other type of eating disorders, but body dysmorphic disorder, a lot of people don't even realize that they have it. So what are y'all's thoughts on it? I'm going to be real honest. I do feel like social media plays into that a lot. Um and just like seeing celebrities who have gotten certain things done or being or constantly seeing a certain look mm-hmm. on social media, even in our media when it comes to TV shows, um, movies and things like that. Let's just be real. There is like an ideal um, body that is portrayed constantly um, in our society. And I do feel like that also contributes to how people feel like, okay, my body doesn't look like that maybe. And I'm not happy with that because maybe I should be looking like this. And then it it feeds into, okay, now how do I change this? Because now it's becoming a distressing thing to my day-to-day life. And I feel like that that's my own opinion of what I feel like contributes to it. What are y'all's thoughts? <laughs> um, huh? No, nothing. Sarah whispering to me, y'all. <laughs> Sweet nothings. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think that um, social media definitely does play a part. I I feel sad for people. Um, if I'm being honest, <laughs> what are y'all whispering about? Um, Stay over there. Um, y'all do me off. Oh, I feel sad for people. Um, and I know that it's it's a lot that goes on on social media. Um, and it's hard to see yourself as um not like an individual because we can see ourselves as individuals but like we're in a in a sense <clears throat> unable to take ourselves out of that context so it's always a comparison mm-hmm. um and that's sad to say but we have access to so much and it's not like mm-hmm. people on social media like oh hey y'all look ugly today so let me post um and 
even though like our generation is a little bit different because there was a time period where we didn't have this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the time period was when we were young. So Mm -hmm. we have a little bit more leeway, but the next generation coming up, this is all they know. Mm -hmm. And so they have all the access to all the quote unquote great things that are happening for people. And so, um, and then, you know, like people are getting surgeries and, and so it's almost like they don't know what's real and what's not, because I can remember watching 90s movies and I could see myself in some some of the actresses. Um, and now it's like you go on Fashion Nova, Pretty Little Thing, whatever the case may yeah. be, and the bodies don't match. And I'm like, I wonder how this is going to look on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be like a loose fitting dress. And then when you get it in the mail, you look like you're drowning in it. But if you had <laughs> hips, it would be a little bit different. So I think I think it's harder to see where you fit mm-hmm. in with it when you don't look like that. Right. And even going back to what you said about um, kids and like for us in our generation, we didn't grow up with social media like that, like not at a young age, not in like middle school and elementary school and stuff like that. So we didn't necessarily have this. Um, as much of a perceived notion of, oh, needing to look like this social media model Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I do think that that plays a lot more into um, the generation below us because they, I do feel like they've probably been dealing with, even at an age to where, like when we were already, already having struggles with our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? In middle school and stuff like that. On top of that, they're looking at social media where 14-year-old, 13-year-olds are looking like they're 20. Yeah. And that's like the norm. Mm -hmm. But for us, even though, you know, there was this expectation of wanting to look a certain way or be filled out or whatever like that, it wasn't like, I I need to look like this model. I need to wear this much makeup. I need to know how to do my hair in this specific. It wasn't all of that compiled onto it. I'm going to play devil's advocate really quick. Just because uh, I'm thinking about it and I, I tr- like truthfully, I believe that I don't think we had it any better. I think it's just changed. The medium has changed mm-hmm. because I think it, for our generation, and I'm speaking for everyone, um, just because I'm the oldest. Sometimes y'all try to separate me, but I'm not that far off. For our generation, a lot of it was heavily, heavily influenced by like music videos. I remember music videos just like huge. Oh yeah. Um, right. something that is something yeah. that is completely invisible nowadays. It's just like some you don't see it as often. Uh, music videos or even TV shows. Like TV was a predominant source of medium. But even then, I mean, those commercials were heavy. Those TV shows were heavy. Those music videos, that music genre, especially like in hip hop culture, that completely influenced women and so I truthfully believe that it's just the medium that has changed so I don't think that we are exempt from it I think we're just as easily influenced and you can still see today even people 20 23 and older that still feel the need to change or like feel influenced somehow mm-hmm. it's just in different ways but it's it, I think at the end of the day it comes back to like so, uh, socialization and how society just really has so much power it can permeate through TV, computer screens, telephones, and that's the crazy part. So how do you see you? Um, I'm, I feel that I'm a beautiful human being inside and out. Um, but I was just thinking about um, people that are bigger um, and the privilege that we have as smaller individuals. Um, and I was just thinking because... Now, plus size models are like 
what you would consider as the quote unquote normal for mm-hmm. past tense. Not there yet, um, almost. Yeah, but we're getting there. Even like looking at plus size models, I see and I have um plus size friends and they're like, this is not for your average plus size person. Mm-hmm. Like we be busting out in a lot of other diff- other ways, but online it's like you have to have a certain type of curve for it to be that. And it's like now we're getting to the place of understanding where they come from, like coming from where it's like you do have to fit a certain narrative. And I feel like on their part, it's like, I mean, well, y'all just now jumping on the band- bandwagon of you have to look a certain way. And it's like we always been here. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like if we're looking back at even recent stuff that has happened like a few months ago with the Lizzo situation Mm -hmm. and um, a lot, there was a whole uproar about that on, I guess, both ends of it. Like some people were, there's, there's a lot of negativity also that comes with being plus size. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our society, we all know that there are certain things that are accepted and not accepted. Um, And there has been some slight evolution, but not really. And not really when it comes to people who who would actually consider themselves to be plus yeah. size, like such as Lizzo. And like even when it comes to it, like being we we preach being content with your your body and being happy in the skin that you're in. But then we're telling people don't be happy in the skin yeah. that you're in. Right. Because then people are also saying, well, you need to be healthy mm-hmm. or you you need to stop eating X, Y, and Z, or whatever it may be. But then when Lizzo gets up and is is posting pictures naked and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's a whole issue. Yeah. But when and you, it's the same pictures that other people are posting. Right. But when you have Instagram influencers posting naked pictures, but they're thin, there's they, no uproar. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's millions of likes. Mm-hmm. So even that in and of itself just shows how, how body image is within our society mm-hmm. and how much it affects us. So just to switch gears a little bit, um, with social media, I saw someone tweet, um, I don't know if y'all have heard of the quarantine 15 with us being in the pandemic, but of course, you know, I guess some people aren't able to exercise like they used to, or they're eating more just because it's more accessible, whatever. So I wasn't exercising before. That's, and that's okay, (laughs) sis, because you're still beautiful either way, you know, but, um, you walk Kari every day. So that's, that's uh, that's exercise. Actually, that's, that's that's exercise. Never mind. I lied. Exactly. So, <laughs> that's sad that I had to point it out and she didn't even realize. But I saw this guy tweet, um, some of y'all need to get back in the gym as soon as it opens because y'all have gained the quarantine oh. 15. And I honestly it was so king, I'm not gonna say the word because I'm trying to be better. I was so disgusted. Yeah. The F word. <laughs> I was disgusted because I thought about myself just full transparency. This pandemic, I have been a lot more insecure about my body than I was before because I obviously was not I'm not able to go to the gym like I used to I was going to spin class with Kelly and Kyra like my body was like I was it was where I wanted it to be like I'm gonna come yeah and (laughs) of course that stopped and um I have I was now I'm not a snacker but I did find myself snacking more than usual things like that and so I found myself looking in the mirror way more than I was before and I fed into what that guy was saying about gaining the quarantine 15 and then 
earlier I was whining about, you know, gaining three to four pounds. And then this girl checked me in my class. She was like, sis, a lot of people have gained way more, you know, much more weight than you have. And I was like, damn, I sound like a brat because people have gained a lot more weight and that's okay. So just to point that out, like I saw that and it really bothered me. And, and also that brings up my question about female insecurities and with body versus males. Let's talk about it because I do feel like they're very different, but it, they're still there on both sides. <laughs> no, just really quickly. I think you you make a really good point. Um, and I think, I think with that, with that whole quarantine 15, and it reminds me of the, what is it? The college, the, the college freshman 15. So yeah, it, it's been a minute. It, thanks. <laughs> thanks about let's not even, let's not even calculate. Uh, but it just comes to show that like, these are life transitions and in all this whole topic about body fluctuation or weight fluctuations, it's about like forgiveness and like giving ourselves grace to the fact that we can't always expect ourselves to look the same. And that's okay because it is, it is. And I resonate with you, Kendall, a lot. I mean, I don't really talk about it, but I, during this quarantine, it's affected me too. I mean, I was a gym, gym person. And, um, interestingly enough, I've been running more, but I've seen that in running more, that's changed the way my body looks for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> so, and it, it, you know, it caught me off guard. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm exercising more, but I guess because I'm doing it in a different way and, and all that. Um, but it just, you know, remembering that, it's a different time and that happens and that's okay. Um, and yeah, um, I don't, I'll, I can't really pivot off the whole man versus woman thing, but I'll say this for sure. And I always hold on to this. I think women have it worse with the whole body issue. Oh yeah. 100%. Were you going to say something? Kelly? Go ahead. Um, I was going to say like in, in answering what you were talking about with the gender differences, there is gender differences with men. Um, what I've seen, I can't speak from experience, but what I've seen is the difference is that men have the expectation of looking muscular or toned. Um, and uh, typically they're, or, tall. or yeah. yes, or tall, definitely, a height. definitely the six feet movement. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even like with the whole dating apps thing where you can like put a certain height, <laughs> height <laughs> preference. <laughs> yes, you can. And like, even that, like, there is some type of expectation of like a man being essentially tall, dark and handsome and, and fit. fit. But sometimes, but sometimes though, because y'all I'm a Twitter head, so I'm gonna keep records (laughs) in Twitter, but like Twitter has threads Mm -hmm. and girls really be trying to make threads for thick dudes. It'll be like a thick oh, really? thread. I can't think I of what the hashtag either. is, but it's like, it's, it's something. I just be on there posting. <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie, they be looking good. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but yeah, like the thicker dudes, I mean, they be getting play too. Mm-hmm. And dad, dad bods yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there is like this, this like, there's a negative connotation of like having a dad bod. And this is, it it basically is saying like, once you become of a certain age, you've let yourself go. Yeah. So I do think that there is a difference, but I do agree with Sarah women do typically get it worse because women are a lot of times sexualized Mm -hmm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that comes needing to look a certain way. Um, And 
I also think that pornography plays into that too. Like oh, needing yeah. to look a certain way when it comes to what men may be watching mm-hmm. when it comes to porn. Mm-hmm. Like wanting their significant other to match that yeah, because it matches their fantasy. Right. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think for me personally, like going back to what Kendall was saying about the quarantine 15, I've definitely noticed myself snacking more just out of boredom. And like, it's weird. Like, there's like not much to look forward to in the day except for like eating good food for me sometimes. So I've noticed like, I've been a little bit more insecure about my body as well because I like going out to workout classes. I don't really like working out at home. And so I didn't really have a lot of motivation in the beginning. I'm just now starting to feel some more motivation to do workouts, but it's been tough. It's, it's been hard and yeah, I've been doing my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to play off of that too, you guys already know I'm a personal, I'm a certified personal trainer. So. Okay, certified. Orange theory. <laughs> you know? So, and there is like this, I do feel like in the fitness industry, there's definitely an expectation that if you are a personal trainer, you have to look mm-hmm. the part. Mm-hmm. So like for me, when the quarantine happened, um, I wasn't working at the time. I'm working now again. But at the time, um, it had been some time being off of work and stuff like that. So I hadn't been working out as much. I also didn't have access to a gym to be able to continue working out. I, I'm also not very motivated on yes. my own. I like having someone else to tell me what to do, even though I know what to do. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there was still a, a expectation to look a certain way. And like even coming back into work, I was nervous coming back into it because I do feel like I've lost some muscle definition and all that kind of stuff. And people look at you like if if you don't look a certain way, right. And if you don't look a certain <laughs> way, they're not trying to hear what your answers right. are. Like, yeah. let's just be real. If yeah. you're not looking the quote unquote part of mm-hmm. what fit is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. then are you getting clients? Are people mm-hmm. wanting to yeah. hear about it? Right. Yeah. So I I've, have felt pressure in that sense of like needing to work out and like look a certain way and not wanting to gain a certain amount. So mm-hmm. I feel like that plays a part mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I want to switch gears a little bit more because we are all minorities and I want to hear what your thoughts are about being minority women and um, how that plays into body image. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that goes along with what I was saying earlier. I think, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm so immersed in like the black part of social media. So I don't really know what goes on in other parts for real. So um, I think that Everything is based off of pop culture. And um, like Sarah was saying, everything that we do is basically influenced by music. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that, I don't know how they have so much power. I don't know. I guess it's the money of it That's all. That's what we but, listen to. Um, yeah, I mean, times have changed. They, they look different. And even, I mean, so I guess it's more about like the the evolution of it because even in older music videos, it was a storyline and it wasn't necessarily based off of the woman's body. Um, And now it's like all about that. Mm -hmm. It's like not a storyline. It just be like girls shaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
<laughs> so I think as a minority, I mean, because I don't, I have to just be honest. I don't listen to white music. I don't even know what that, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be like stereotypical, but I guess to say country or something, I don't watch country music videos. So I don't, I don't know what they doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what other and their genres expectations are. of how the body should look is yes. completely different yes. than ours. So I don't know what that, I, I can't speak to that because yeah. But like you said, like as a minority woman, I feel like everything is influenced by the music videos. And um, when we look at like Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, I mean, everybody is just. Voluptuous. Yes. <laughs> And I'm still wearing a size four pants, so I I don't fit that at all. But I do feel like going back to the music video thing, like when we were growing up on like BET um, music videos, watching them like 106 and Park, even though we weren't supposed to be watching them. Um, the women were like naturally beautiful, yes. and now it's changed. But I feel like it's going to keep changing. So it's interesting now that people are getting surgeries to look like the women in music videos now, while it's conflicting with like having, you know, no waist, no waist gang. But then it's like have a fat ass and have big thighs and big hips. Like it's very conflicting. So but I don't feel like that's going to stay. I don't. Um, I feel like 10 years from now or like when we have kids and music videos are going to look different. And then the women that might have spent like almost a million dollars getting surgery, they're going to be like, Erp. imagine your grandma body looking like that. Like, <laughs> Kelly said looking crazy. <laughs> no, seriously, like, you don't know how, if you're basing everything off of pop culture, how do you know if it's going to stay yeah. in however 20 years? You don't like, know. Like, what are these long-term effects? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something to think about. Before you go into the night. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. As minority women, what are your thoughts? Oh goodness. (laughs) Just just some disclosure. We're we're drinking a little wine. We're drinking a little wine. Just, you know, for some courage here. I mean, we don't want we don't need courage, but you know, some extra courage here. It's okay. I'm tired. Why? She is. She is. She had a presentation today. Shout out to Key and Kendall. They did an exceptional job. They are killing black lives. And I am tired. I'm stressed. Which we will discuss next session. (laughs) Emotionally stressed. I'm tired. I need like three naps back to back. I can imagine you three naps back to back. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. How do we think about minority image no i mean i completely agree i think again like the whole it's just society man and i think at one point you gotta you gotta think about when are you living this life for you and not for everyone else and that's such a hard question to battle because do you even know you Mm -hmm. do you even know you when you've been brought up in this life with so many messages from different people from different arenas and so at some point you're like shit is is what i'm about to wear because i really want to wear this or because it's been a practice of like what I've seen, what I've heard. And that's crazy, you know, um, but it takes practice. And I think the first thing is awareness of it, of the issue. Um, and like y'all said, minority women, especially because we just don't, we don't get credit. 
we don't ever get credit for trying. Or it's just, <clears throat> I know there, there are two parts to it too. Like, I do feel like there is an expectation, um, at least from my own personal experience within the black community to have hips and to have a big ass and like, you know, things like that and have a slim waist. There is this idea of what you should look like, at least from my own perspective. And I, I don't have that. I don't have hips and I don't have a big butt. So I don't, I don't fit that mold. I know. Why are you looking at me like that? You do that, right? I do not. You little thick no. girl. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. Saying, I've been looking. I'm not it's saying muscular. it's flat. I'm not saying it's flat. I just don't have a big it's butt. What's considered to be a big butt? <laughs> I'm just saying what mine actually is. But anyways, Shariah. Um, and then on the other end. Like, you know, that's that's very sexy and that's that's the appealing thing for um, for the black community. But then I also feel like I was always taught as like a young girl is make sure you cover up, make sure you don't show too much, make sure, you know, because you don't want men to look at you in a certain way. And I do feel like as black women, we do we do have that a lot more because our bodies are sexualized a lot more. So like battling with wanting to look this specific way, but also hiding looking that specific way because you don't want to be sexualized. So, yeah. Sirs. What's up, girl? Who that? Um, Sira, I'm curious to know, like, if there are any um, stereotypes of having a good body or, like, what a nice body looks like in the Hispanic um, culture because we talked about how black women um, thick is in right now. And I'm just curious to know, like, are there any stereotypes of what it means to have a good body or, you know, anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think something that people don't realize is that a lot of the Hispanic culture is influenced by the Afro-American and even African lifestyle, African culture, um, especially with our music. Um, a lot of what we will in the urban and hip hop culture in our area is reggaeton. And that's completely influenced by the afro the like the afro influence is super super tied it doesn't get credit for it and that's its own um topic of internal racism there but uh we also hold the same kind of ideals of like voluptuous like that that hour shaped glass that is loved and and not just in i mean my parents i have mexican background but you look at it you know in puerto rico dominican republic um yeah yeah, yeah. Of course, y'all know. Mm-hmm. So it's so for for us, it's still we kind of were on that same kind of realm of like you know being thick is in. Yeah. Mm. So Selena was thick. Shout out to Mexican. Selena was a bad. Yeah, bad honey. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. She's like it's a good example. <clears throat> Cardi B too. Um, I will also say. Um, because I do have friends who are who are Asian. So I do have a couple of Korean friends and Vietnamese friends. And from their perspective, and I've talked to them about this many times, it's very, 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 very different. Yeah. Um, the expectation is to be thin. Yeah. Um, and it, it's and if you're not that, there's a huge um negative impact on that if you're not super thin then you're talked down upon or you're seeing you're seeing um they 
a lot of times they see you in a negative light or will will quite quite frank straight up call you fat and yeah, to your face. Right, right. Um so <clears throat> I I I do want to speak voice to that because we are speaking from our experiences, mm-hmm. but other minority cultures do experience something different. Um and a lot of times this is not speaked upon as much. I do feel like sometimes our voices are a little bit louder mm-hmm. in 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 that specific scenario. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because even though Oh, my bad. Which is interesting because <laughs> even though um even though like in black culture we are known to be thicker, um people in our community will still talk about bigger people. Yes. That's a thing for people, yeah. especially older people in oh, our community. Yes. Yo, they like the most disrespectful. <laughs> no, literally. For real. They will talk about and they will you straight up say, yes. I'm a disclaimer, that's not something you should do. If you are older right. and you be doing that, no. if you younger and you be doing that, stop. Yeah. That's so mean. I had a relative at Thanksgiving come up to me and was like, you gain weight. Mm. I said, I haven't, I haven't seen you in years. No, That's literally. The first thing you say to me, I'd have been like, you gained age. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I didn't talk to this. <laughs> but do you also feel like um, in the, the Black community, too, sometimes it's, it's looked down upon to be too small. Yes. Because I yeah, get the yeah. opposite oh, in. Really? Like, my last family function, really? it was like, ooh, You're do you eat? Yeah. It's like, pick a side. Like, yeah. For real. And it's like, okay, <laughs> what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. but it's almost like you got to be like this perfect, yes. like, in between. In between. Yeah. That's so <laughs> It is because... Right. And it's like, it's it. it's hard because if your body's naturally like that... Yeah then you're constantly battling to try and be what the expected thing is. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's it's unrealistic. And you might be healthy as can be, but it just may not be it. But um, I just want to say thanks for sharing your experiences. Yes, yes. Um, I definitely appreciate it. These yes. are my confessions. the words of that song? Wait a minute. That's what she that's why. That's oh, why she oh. just do do do. Literally, sorry, dear diary, <laughs> dear diary. We didn't mean it. Um, but so that is the end of our session. I did want to just make sure that you guys know to follow us on all social media platforms at US Therapy Talks, um, and make sure you tune in for next week's episode. We will be talking about. Um, the minority experience, specifically the black experience and what's going on currently in our society. Um, talking about the black lives matter movement and speaking to how, um, how we need to talk about and focus on mental health during this time as well. Just be sure to make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at us therapy talks, and we will see you guys or talk to you guys in our next session. Bye. Hey.